Blog Talk Radio. Funky Writers Show is now in the air, spotlighted on BadRedheadMedia.com as a top author podcast on the web today and called a total blast of a show for writers. My name is Robert Baptista, and you may ask, why is the Funky Writers Show so terrific? Because I'm a writer, just like my guests, and know that words are the breath of life. Connect with the show on the exciting Twitter page by going to at the Funky Writer. I was inspired to write my book by being in a position to be on the other side of the criminal justice system and watching how my husband could have been sent to prison if he had taken the plea bargain offered him. I want to share that if you do, did not commit a crime, do not take a plea bargain. Instead, Fight for your freedom in the criminal justice system. These heartfelt words are that of today's guest, Daphne Priscilla Brown-Jack. Welcome, Daphne, to the Funky Writers Show. Thank you. I'm excited to be on air with you. I appreciate the invitation. So I'm here. Yes, you are, and that is a good thing. Daphne, your book... The Other Side of the Story, seems to be exactly what its title proclaims. Please explain to our audience exactly is about. This book is about um, the other side of the story. It's talking about a woman that is in the criminal justice system or working for the criminal justice system um, as a law enforcement officer and is caught up one day um, in a situation where her husband was wrongfully accused. And facts were given and proven that he was wrongfully accused. And so now she's on the other side fighting with him and trying to prove his innocence. And it was a roller coaster, and we finally made it through it. And so I just basically talk about the struggles and, and how I dealt with it. Um, it's inspirational. Um, I went a little biblical and, you know, to my supreme being and who I believe in. And so I just, again, basically told about how I dealt with it on the other side. And that's where the title comes from, the other side of the story. And I wanted to share and hopefully so inspire people who are going through the system or who just going through any type of situation 
and um, that's basically what the book is about. So you work in you worked in law enforcement, and now you are experiencing firsthand what it was mm-hmm. to experience through your husband's plight, what it was to be on the other side, and exactly. having your world turned upside down. How was that for you? It was. It was. It was. It was bad, and um, going through and dealing with it. Um, it took me through a lot, but I survived. I, it was some days I didn't know if I would survive, but I wow. did. Mhm, mhm. And um, so I even had a friend, you know, said, "It sounded it sounds real bad." But she said, "Had you ever thought about committing suicide?" And I was like, "Oh God, no, not that." But you know, it would be some days if I could just go to sleep and maybe not wake up. And so just like when it was near court time, just just dealing with becoming anxious, didn't know if we went to court this time if they were going to keep him or something came up or something transpired we weren't aware of. And so um, I survived. I'm here. I'm here. This truly had to be a shock to your system, Daphne. How long did yes. it take you to get yourself over the shock? And when you did, what was the first thing you did to fight this injustice? Well, the first thing I did, I had to, um, for for my comfort, I had to make sure that a crime was not committed because right. I am not the one who would harbor a criminal and be like, you know, oh, it's okay. Well, you know, well, I'm, I'm, you know, in other words, and I, I don't want to sound um, ignorant or anything, um, but you know, <laughs> um, I have to make sure that this man didn't do anything because I'm not that desperate to hold on to a man who's committed a crime. And right. So I had, yeah, I had to go through um, knowing and finding out for facts for myself that no crime had not, you know, had not been committed. And once I was able to clear my mind of it and be at peace with, oh, my God, he really didn't do anything, and putting all the facts together, then I had to to help this man fight for his freedom. And I said like that not being, you know, um, rude or anything to my husband, but he, he became this man who I had to help. And then as the time passed, this was my husband. This was my children's father. And so I had to help him fight for his freedom. Daphne, how long were you married to your husband when this took place? We had been married approximately, um, I don't know, the. I want to give the exact number. I don't have my calculator out. But we had married, married in 1990. So this all began in um, 2000, um, 2009. So we had been married, if you do the math, if I'm incorrect, forgive me, but I want to say like 21, 22 years. Yeah, around there, uh, definitely. Uh-huh. So understandably, Daphne, your husband was going through what probably was the most traumatic experience of his life. How was he? able to keep it together under such dire circumstances? 
Well, um, he he kind of shut down. You know, he was able to, you know, function, go to work and everything. But when we would have our downtime to talk, he would, you know, he, he said, you know, I just, I can't believe this is happening. And, um, you know, I'm, he, he would be sad and it would be sometime at night, you know, he would he would cry. And, right. and and I would just, you know, and I would be like, wow. And it would be, we would even have moments to where, you know, it's it's, it's like, oh, my God, if, if if he could just, maybe if he could just die, then all of this would be over. And so for him, he even had those those moments. And, and then he would go to work, being at work, not knowing when he'd go in, if he was going to be arrested or whatever, because it, it did happen to him while he was at work. And so he was—he was definitely on the on the roller coaster ride. And when he would be not having a good day, it would be hard for me to understand. Like, oh, what's wrong with him? And I'm thinking, well, golly, the man got this over his head. <laughs> you know, be a little more sensitive here. And so it—it—it it, it, it was a struggle in the marriage, but then it—it it helped the marriage after being married for a long time. You know, I didn't think I would get tired of him, but I was like, oh my God, I'm tired of this man. But. But when all of this came and <laughs> took place, I, I became a little more sensitive to him and, and, you know, having a little more compassion for him. And it made actually made the marriage stronger. I really kind of like the guy now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing that you said he was going to work. Um, yes. And I'm sure that there had to be tension when he was working and he must have brought some of that home with him. Oh, most definitely, yeah, he 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 would. Um, you know, being there, it's supposed to be a confidentiality thing on right. the job. Nobody knows, but somehow it leaked out, and people, you know, find out what he what was what is going on with him. And you know, and and finally, when the police came to the job one time and picked him up, you know, of course that was like wow. What's up with that? And right. so, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was bad for him too. Daphne, your book's blurb says, "In the coming months, as the situation in your home grew unbearable, Daphne mm-hmm. knew she could no longer depend on anyone, and turned to her only remaining hope and strength. Mm-hmm. The minute you yeah. made that decision and turned to God as your last remaining hope." How did mm-hmm. things become for you, Daffy? Well, once I started to depend on God, things began to be a little more. It it became smooth. It was it was it it gradually got there. Once I started knowing that everything had to be in His hand, I, I had no control over that anymore. And so once I gave it to him, and, and when we say that, you know, people are like, oh, you just going to hand it to him? Yeah, I handed it to him. And I right. did the motion, okay, God, here, you're going to have to take this because I can't take it anymore. And so once that happened, I would go to work, knew when the next court date was, put in my vacation, look forward to going to court. Sometime even after court, after we go to court, bonding company, we would go to lunch, and then there were days I might he might go by himself, and then of course I would be at the office a little tensed up, thinking, wondering what happened that particular day, because I only missed maybe 
a couple of times because I would go every time. And so, but right. once I gave it to God, once I gave it to God, everything became very smooth, and the picture became more revealing as to, you know, this this situation is not going to always be. It's going to come to an end. Maybe not my time, but it definitely came when God said it was over. And and once I gave it to him, that's when it gradually, gradually, and then it was over. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's so awesome. You know, Daphne, yes. like a stone thrown into a lake that makes ripples. In an incident mm-hmm. like yours, there has to be a collateral effect. My regard is how it affected your children. What was the effect on them? The children, um, my oldest one, we had to, when she went off to college, and I'm praying, and my goal was to, is to ship all of my children off so that they can, you know, have their responsibilities, you know. And so once I shipped the oldest one off to college, and she was gone, and then the situation came up, and so we kind of had to not try to interfere with her life. And we finally, I want to say, and I'm trying to recall, we shared with her what was going on when the children, when my two younger ones were taken by the state. And that's when we kind of revealed when, you know, what was going on. And so the two younger children, it affected them because they were kind of involved in knowing the situation and knowing what was going on and knowing about their dad, whether he did it or not. And because the way we have reared them, they, my second one, she was like, I I said, now, did your daddy do anything wrong? And she said, mom, daddy didn't do nothing wrong. And I said, okay. I said, now, you know you don't have to cover or lie for your dad. She said, I wouldn't do that. If my daddy did something, I would tell you. (laughs) And so I was like, okay. And so my son, my youngest one, um, I said, son, I said, did your daddy do anything? He said, mommy, no, daddy didn't do nothing. And I said to him, son, you know you don't have to cover for you. He said, mommy, but daddy didn't do nothing. And 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 so I basically once listening to them, and that instinct just really kicked in to say, okay, all right. But their struggle was dealing with when they left, when they were picked up by the state and um, had to leave. It was hard for them, right? And 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 so, but they are strong survivors too. And they're still going strong. They, My second one, her grades kind of went bad. She had failed once, um, one school year, but we were able to get her back on track. She went to summer school and was able to redeem herself and go to the next grade. My son, who was a little bit younger, it didn't really affect him for us academically. Um, and I would talk to him, are you okay, son? You know, he was like, I'm okay. And, and so... Um, when their father was out of the home, he they you know he was asked to leave and they were missed their dad and it was a time they couldn't talk to him at all and so I gave them one of the biggest surprises when I called them. The state finally said that he can communicate with them and so they were able to talk to him and they were happy about that because you know we'll 
close knit family, so for him not being around like that, it was it was it was hard on us. But we survived. They survived. They're strong. Thank They're God strong. for that. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bean, you have graciously agreed to read a part of your story for us. Can you yes. set up the piece before you read it? Can I say it again? I'm sorry. Can you set the piece up? In other words, what part of the story are you going to read? Yeah. Okay. Um. I I like to read the afterwards in the in the books. I have a couple of other, other chapters, but the afterword was like my my I felt was like my strongest part. And then my second daughter kind of helped me out with it a little bit. I wanted to share that um, because all of all three of the kids are good writers themselves, and so I would, you know, can y'all help me? How can I? And and so this is like one of my favorite parts of the book. <laughs> of course, the end of it, but this is one of my favorite parts. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay, let's do this. And it reads, I feel I have told my side of the story. I have peace. I have been waiting to share what I went through. When the situation began to get worse before it got better, I began to wonder whether telling my story would help people in similar situations. I began to keep a journal of the events and the dates that took place. I wanted to share how I survived going to court every month, taking a vacation day off from work, not for a trip of leisure, before a trip to the courthouse. The expense of paying for parking and dealing with the imperfection of the man-made justice system is more than enough to fill a book. I really became inspired to write this story when my children were taken from me. I wanted to share how I began to build my faith and my trust in God. We may feel that we have that faith and trust already, but can you pass the test? Because of that, I am moving forward without looking back. Will the memories of each event be there? My answer is yes. They remind me to give God thanks every day. I can now see the effect this really had on my marriage. Instead of causing us to go our separate ways, it pulled us closer and helped us appreciate each other more. We went through five different attorneys, one of whom dropped out because we were unable to pay, four different district attorneys thought they could win their case, but in the end, the instructions given to the jury was to base the decision on false allegation. This experience has made me a much stronger woman. It has helped me appreciate my family and given me an even greater reason to appreciate life. I realized that God always had a purpose and a plan while we were going through our situation. I did not understand why these things were happening to us, but somewhere along the line, I came to the conclusion that they happened for a reason. It is very important to never give up on God. Trials and tribulations will come, but it is necessary to endure to the end. If it's, if it is normal to be in the valley of doubt, disbelief, and even depression, I experienced them all. Writing this book has been a journey for me. 
While writing, I laughed, but mostly I cried. It was good therapy, and it helped me through the process of healing my mind and my soul. I am a total believer that when you allow your mind to think negative, it will be negative. But when you allow your mind to think positive, it will be positive. I was blessed to have praying people, therapy, and a circle of friends. The song that got me through everything is titled Haven't Forgotten by Jay Shep. That song came just in time. Every time, everything that was taken, God has restored, and he is not finished yet. God has blessings in store for everyone who crossed our path. Remember to always pray, read the Bible, love your family, and keep God first in your lives. I was having a hard time bringing closure to this book. There was something missing. And I, was, and I could not pinpoint the reason as to why it was hard for me to end the story. I had to go to the criminal justice building one day in August 2014. As I entered the building, I had a different feeling. It wasn't a feeling of fear, but of relief and near completeness. I got on the elevator to go to the fourth floor. When I got off, I walked towards the district attorney who was from the last trial. I suddenly became weak with a quick, cold sweat across my forehead. I did, he didn't notice me, but as I walked slowly behind him, I began to feel the process of closure. I did not feel the fear I felt during the trial. It was as if, <clears throat> excuse me, I could have trapped, I could have tapped him on the shoulder to say, "Hey, do you remember me?" In other words, I felt bold and free of the justice system. As I waited. I noticed the reflection in the window in front of me was the other district attorney from the first trial. She was walking towards me but turned to the right to go to the elevators. I thought to myself, this is crazy to have seen both DAs on the same day, in the same place, in the same hour. I wondered why this could possibly be happening. As I left the building, I began to breathe a little more easier and realized I had been waiting to exhale. It was a sigh of relief, total relief. My journey was complete. Now you have it, my side of the story, shared with you in black and white. This book is my story, my struggle, my fight, my win, my life, the other side of the story. Amen. Wow. Just on that, I want to read this book. Boy, how inspirational. (laughs) So, Daphne, a five-star Amazon review by Morena states, A powerful story of love, dedication to family, and to God. The story kept me spellbound. I could not put the book down. It was powerful of a story of the vicious struggle to maintain one's sanity while battling court hearings and injustice that reduced them to poverty. But their unwavering faith in God is what sustained them and made them end up victorious. A powerful woman who stood behind her husband. Wow. I guess your book accomplishes goals, wouldn't you say, Daphne? Yes, it sounds good. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, it did. 
It did. How does it feel when you get a review like that? It makes me happy sad. <laughs> it makes me happy sad, but I'm strong. <laughs> it kind of makes you emotional, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, I can hear it in your voice. So let's move on. Let's talk about Daphne the person. Where did you grow up, and what was your early childhood like? I grew up in a very amazing family. Um, I was blessed to have my mom and dad and two sisters, and um, my dad's sister, so I'm a PK kid, as they call us. And so um, kind of a strict environment, but it was a fun environment, (laughs) And 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 so um, it was. It, I had a had a beautiful childhood. It was very good. My mother reared us to to be honest. My mom and dad reared us to be honest and to go to school, get your education, get married, and have your family, and raise them in the fear of God. And so with that, that's pretty much how I have tried to. Um, I won't say try, that's what I have done to my children in right. rearing them, um, you know, to, to be honest. And, and boys, sometimes when they be honest, I'll be like, whoa, don't tell me no more. But they know to tell the truth. <laughs> um, they know to tell the truth. So that's that's basically my childhood and being reared. You know, I was able to finish high school and, and everything, being a typical teenager, Preacher's kid tried to be a little bad here and there, but couldn't succeed. Mother wouldn't allow it, and 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 so I didn't go to college. Not until well, I started college, and um, and then she passed away in '89, and I stopped going to school. And then I met my husband, and so um, when he and I got together, and I was laid off from my job, um, I said I want to go back to school. I always wanted to be a cop. Uh, an attorney, and so I didn't get to do none of the two, and and so, but um, I was able to, he was able to help me get back in school, and I finished college in like three years, and working on my master's now in criminal justice, and, and so here I am, this is me, this is me. What were some of the books and authors that inspired you in your youth? Um, in my youth, wow, um, that's a long time to think about. I was reading, oh, I can't remember. I know the the Grisham person. Um, and, and, John and Grisham? I was in about, yes, yes, some of his books. And um, I would, I like to read a lot of poems by Langston Hughes and, right. and, and all of the, a lot of the black authors, and I would recite and, and quote poems, Maya Angelou. And, and and all of those guys, um, and again, reading some of the old poems and stuff like that. That's what I basically like to do. Because I'm a, if if you want, I didn't really share a whole lot of that, but I do um, a little acting on the side with Instagram right. gospel plays, and 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 so I like to recite the poems and kind of act them out and everything. And and so when I go to speak and do speaking engagements, I'm kind of dramatical with my speaking and and everything. So but that's those are the people that inspired me the most. And, you know, honestly, let me let me be honest about that. I'm I'm not really a big time reader 
And so that's why I really can't quote a lot of authors like some people can, but after getting my book, I was like, oh, I hope my book can be a bestseller. I'm not really a reader, but <laughs> so let me write a good story. And so, but since then, I've been kind of reading up on other other people and a lot of the people I've reached out to during my era as an author. And so, but that's pretty much it. A lot of our authors who listen to the show and writers mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. want to know about the publishing and how people got published. Let's talk about the publishing process. How was your book published? And talk about any challenges you experienced in getting this story out to the world. Okay. Oh, that's that was good. It was it was a really interesting experience. Um, I wanted to find the best company, to my knowledge. I did a lot of research, found out who would offer me the best deal for its publishing, and and what they were offering for is helping me promote some and everything, excuse me. And so I um, did the research on that, and once I did the process of elimination as to who I was going to select, I contacted the company. And, of course, any company is always excited for your business. They sound really good. And so I kind of took them up on their offer, and thanks to my husband, he did the investment in this project, and um, and so that's pretty much how that process went. It was pretty smooth, and so um, you pay for what you get, and I felt like I got a pretty good deal with, you know, what I invested in, and they are still reaching out to me, making sure, if, you know, I have enough books, and if they have a have a sale on reprinting books, they would give me a call and, and um so I'm still in contact with them and they offered a website. It was it was pretty cool. I like who I selected. So let's talk about the book's impact. How mm-hmm. was the other side of the story received? What type of feedback did you get? Um I got a lot of good feedback. I was I surprised myself. I was like, "Well, you go, girl." Um, when I, <laughs> when when um, when I started out, um, and, and after I'd finished the manuscript of the book, I gathered some friends. Um, another author friend of mine. Matter of fact, she's my neighbor, and I forgot to tell her to tune into the show. She's gonna get me for this, but anyway. Um, I have an aunt who does editing on the side. She's a former educator. And I got a dear friend of mine. Just gathered some people together, and I went and printed out the manuscript, and I asked them if they would be willing to read it and help me out here. And so they all did. And I gave them about a week because it's an easy-read book, and we all met, came together and and had dinner. Matter of fact, I treated them to dinner, and they all sat and they gave their reviews on my manuscript. Just had me bawling. Wow! I was like, Oh my God! Are y'all talking about me? I mean, I was just I'm sitting at the dinner table just crying. One person after the other was like, You wrote this and this and this and and this is so good. I love how you said this and how you said that and how you did this and I and I'm thinking, Wow, I did this and so 
that was the process of doing that, and once we got everything together and, and when they gave the okay, you know, this is ready, this is good, and they, oh, they it was, was emotional because they said, I like the way you said this, I like the way you put that. And 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 everything. So I was I was excited. I was I surprised myself. <laughs> I surprised myself. So don't worry, Daphne. Anybody can listen to the podcast after the show. It's downloadable, okay. and millions of okay. people will be listening to it. You don't have to worry about that. So, Daphne, on the book's Amazon page, the other side of the story is the inspirational true story of one woman's struggle within herself her family, her faith, and the justice system after her husband is wrongfully accused of a crime. Daphne, I'm thinking of all these struggles mentioned. The fiercest and most volatile was the one with yourself. Do you find mm-hmm. this to be true? Yes. Yes. Because it was, I, I had to, I had to deal with this. I had to make a decision myself as to if I was going to deal with it. Because right. I could have even walked away. I mean, just like, you know what, y'all can have this. My life, life is too short. I don't have to deal with this. But I couldn't sit back and lose my family. And, again, as I stated earlier, after finding out the facts and the truth that my husband didn't commit a crime, I had to, I had to get up and help. And and I'm always helping, and so but I was like, I have to help. I have to help this poor man. I have to help him, and and so of course that placed me again, as we've read and and, and heard, you know, on an emotional roller coaster. Right. And and I dealt with it. What's next for Daphne Priscilla Brown Jack? What other irons do you have coming up in the fire? More books, perhaps. Um, yeah, because everybody's asking me for another book, and I'm like, um, I don't know. I, you know, I have some thoughts. I've written down some things. I don't know what direction I want to go. Um, I had another author friend of mine said, girl, if you get into the fiction, you can really blow. And so I thought about that, and then, of course, I'm always throwing out some inspirational stuff on my Twitter and Facebook. Um, I try to do it every day, but I do miss some days. But when I do, everybody's complimenting and liking it, and and someone even said, wow, I needed this. And so I'm I'm considering some things because it was was a struggle for me just to get this first book out. I'm like, golly. Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah, but, but, you know, to to be inspired by the words of others, like when you want to do another book, you need to do another book. And so and then I don't I don't know even I don't know if it's a part two to the other side of the story. My my aunt told me you know she said you know there's a part two to this book right because people are probably going to want to know what happened to you afterwards. You know how are you doing now? And um, and then even a movie I've been told you know this is a lifetime movie and I was like well tell them to come find oh, me. Yeah. I don't know how to find them. <laughs> so <laughs> oh yeah, that would be cool too. That would be really cool. We already know who would play one of one of the attorneys, and so that would be pretty cool. <laughs> you got it all mapped out already. <laughs> yeah, 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 we have it mapped out. <laughs> so, Daphne, give out uh-huh. any contact information, any websites, how people can follow you and contact you. 
Yes, um, I do have a website, um, Daphne Priscilla, the author, dot com. Um, my Facebook page is Daphne Priscilla Jack. Daphne, well, I'm sorry, Daphne Priscilla Brown Jack. And then I have an Instagram, Daphne. Um, trying to remember, I have it all written down here. I don't know why I'm not looking at it. My computer shut down on me. But um, sorry about that. It's Daphne. Um, B Jack Books, or just pull my name up if you pull my name, and then I have a Twitter, Daphne J um, Books. And if I'm wrong, um, talk you writer, please correct me. Um, let me my computer well, you know just kind of shut down. I'll tell the audience just Google. Yeah, Daphne Priscilla yeah. Brown Jack or Daphne the yeah. author. That's all you got to do, and everything yeah, will come up. Yes. My guest has been the author and powerhouse, Daphne Priscilla Brown Jack. And her superb book is called The Other Side of the Story. And boy, what a story it is. Pick up your copy today. Thank you so much, Daphne, for being a guest on the Funky Writer Show.